We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. That's combat spelled with a K, of course. I think this should be a great episode. It certainly was a great weekend. Let's do the important stuff, and then we can move on to the fun stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Well, all right. The most important part of every episode, and we've taken care of that. I'm very glad you're here. In this episode, I'm going to start doing more advanced core concepts. I've got a brief casino wisdom that is mostly about a mindset when problems occur a great and probably rather brief rambling segment, and as always, a VIP lounge segment. And this one's about a woman that uh, I met in Atlantic City, and she really understood what it means to win the month. Uh, So I'm going to get into all that, but I have a couple of housekeeping things first. And and item one is um, casino promotions or lack thereof. Usually, at this time of the month, and if you've been listening, you know that what I've been planning for is that by the time we got to August, things would really be roaring. All that effort that went in in June and July and those higher-than-expected expenses would, would come back in the form of, of gifts and uh, other free stuff once, once we got into the month of August. So I've got to report to you that it didn't happen. My plan failed. Um, usually at this point, I've got a mailbox full of stuff, you know, that comes in at the end of July. And then I plan out my August around how how to go get the best stuff and hopefully pick up some more cash along the way. And as I said, that's just not it for whatever reason. And maybe it's that I, I haven't played enough at the new places to, to get into their system yet. Maybe they're a three month rolling average and I've only got two. Not quite sure, um, but I talked to Gabriel about it, and and his mailbox is empty also, and at minimum, at, at minimum, we should both have stuff from our local casino, because we've been getting that stuff for years. We play there, the free stuff shows up at the beginning of the month, so we're kind of thinking this is probably virus-related more than it is necessarily based on our play. 
you know, maybe they just didn't have the right stuff ordered and it isn't in the warehouse and they don't have it to give away. Not quite sure, but when I report the successes, I also want to report the failures. For all that I think I know, things did not turn out in August the way I expected them to. And then the second item I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is uh, kind of both ridiculous and useful, and I kind of stumbled across it. Little background, normally as I go into a casino, I make sure my player's card and my bankroll are are in my shirt pocket rather than in my wallet. And that that keeps the non-bankroll money separate from the bankroll money, and those items are all stuff I'm going to need constantly. You know, swipe your card at the kiosks, get your freebies, you know, get your free play and, and your free bets and, and whatnot. Card goes back in the pocket. Now you walk up to get your free lottery ticket and they need your card before they can give you the lottery ticket. And when you go to the table, then you need money and you need, they need your card. It's it's constant. When you cash out your chips, the money goes in your pocket. It, it just makes it easier for me. And so now we've got hand sanitizer and that needs to be in that same pocket because that's the only pocket on the shirt and I want it consistently available and, and I want it to remind me that, oh, after every shoe I probably want to sanitize or after that stranger I don't know wants to fist bump, I, I want to sanitize, so that works. And traditionally, as I'm collecting chips at the table and things are starting to go well, then chips come off the table and go into that pocket and now you reach for the hand sanitizer and you're worried that you're going to be dropping chips and money. That pocket was just getting too full. Then you add into that the fact that, you know, a couple weeks ago had a bit of a uh, confrontation, a little bit of a situation at a table, and I'm thinking I want to be a little bit more buttoned down, a little bit more organized, uh, things a little bit more uh, secure, and I've been thinking about that. I was looking at some man purses or satchels or whatever they're called, and that'd be fine. And, and might be fine, but it really wasn't what I wanted, and I thought I was still going to be digging through, since I've never carried a purse, I thought I was still going to be digging through stuff, trying to find what I'm looking for, and as things sometimes go, when you're online looking for something, then you look at something else, and you go down that rabbit hole, and the next thing I know, I'm looking at an outdoors vest, um, you know, like you use for hunting or fishing or logging or ranching or whatever one does outside. I don't know. I'm usually in casinos, folks. I'm not usually outside hunting or ranching. But looking at it, it seemed absolutely perfect. And it wasn't expensive. And in some ways, it was a little ridiculous. But lots of people walk around casinos looking ridiculous. And I don't care as long as I'm as good at casinos as I can be. And this looked like it might be an upgrade. So... Took it for a little test drive at the local casino and uh, took it for a test drive this weekend on our trip and uh, on a little side trip I took Monday and it just works. I mean, it just absolutely works. Player's card goes in its own zippered pocket. Easy reach. Cash goes in its own pocket and it gets closed with a hook and loop fastener. Sanitizer pocket on the other side and there's no reason for that to have a closure and so it's right there and, and ready to go. There's a big inside pocket, and I found a, a portable stack of wipes for sanitizing surfaces or, you know, those types of things if the house isn't there to do it for me. And I've decided I'm going to print and laminate 
strategy cards for the various rule variations that I see. You know, one state allows surrender, one state doesn't. Um, I always love playing Spanish 21, but it requires its own card. I don't have anything close to memorized for that game because I don't see it often enough. But then I see it and I want to play and I go, oh, but I didn't print a card before I came. So this is just going to put, you know, one, one of the pockets in the vest is, is going to become the library. And the funny part is that the first day I try it out, I run into to, to Chester, um, who, you know, I've known for years. And he kind of looks me up and down and he goes, that's just a huge improvement over the cargo pants that I usually wear. So smart player. And he immediately, you know, bam, figured out what was going on. The other thing that I figured out that's super convenient is, so I finish up at the casino and I go out to the car and I take off the vest and I put it in the trunk and I go about my normal out of casino life. Or I'm in a hotel room and I come up or in a hotel and I come up from the casino and I just take off the vest and I throw it on a hanger and at whatever point car or hotel room that I'm ready to go back into a casino I just put it on zip it up and boom I'm all casino prepped it, it really has ended up being a great idea if a little bit ridiculous and I've only had you know a few people give me a strange look and I'd get that strange book look if I had green hair and a zillion piercings and you see that all the time, so it's working out great. All right, that went a little long, so let's do core concepts. At this point, I've introduced and covered at a very basic level all of the core concepts. You know, at some point in the future, maybe there's a reason to revisit those. But my plan going forward at this point is to start to dig into each of the core concepts and, and talk about more advanced aspects of those core concepts. Fill in the blanks, elevate what, what you know. If for any reason you've not already covered the basics, you know, please go back and start it. You know, episode two is where we really first started talking about these things. So today... I wanted to start digging into the idea of learning a game with a house minimum advantage. And when we talked about this the first time, I told you that with a house advantage of 1.06, the, the bank bet on a Baccarat table is an easy bet to make. It's an easy game to learn. You don't really have to know anything other than what I just told you. And it works with these techniques. That house advantage is small enough that at a betting strategy, and an exit strategy and a player's card and and the, it'll all work it'll all be fine and i also told you at the time that the game with the smallest possible house advantage was blackjack uh at less than 0 0.30 my suggestion at the time and a suggestion obviously that i stand by is that for the best results you need to get to that smallest house advantage and to do that you you need to understand and learn at least some basic strategy and understand the game of blackjack. So that's kind of what I wanted to dig into today is, you know, what exactly makes, other than the house advantage, what makes blackjack a superior choice, which obviously that's my opinion. So the first way in which blackjack offers an advantage is the way a payout happens when you get a blackjack. And if you don't know, a blackjack is when 
the first two cards the players receive include a 10 value card, 10 Jack, Queen, King, and an Ace in any combination, in any order. And in North America, this pays either 6 to 5 or 3 to 2 odds. And this is printed on the felt of the table and or it's displayed on the sign on the corner of the table. And if you, for any reason you don't see it or the fine print's too small or you can't find it, just ask the dealer, is this 3 to 2 or 6 to 5? And trust me when I say that at some point in the future, I will do a segment on the differences between these two payouts because I've got some strong opinions about 6-5 to five blackjack, but for now, just know that good players avoid tables with a 6-5 to five payout. In my case, if I walk into a new casino or a casino I haven't been to in a while, and for whatever reason they only have 6-5 to five tables, either I walk out or I play Bach instead but I, I just don't play six to five tables. My local casino has them, and from the moment they put them in, it was just like they'd build a brick wall around that set of six tables. i just not going to do it. If those are the only seats available, then I got other things to go do. When you get a blackjack at the three to two table, sorry, I got off track there. As example, you bet $10, and you get a blackjack, and what the dealer's going to do is they're going to pay you 15 you're going to get three $5 chips for the two $5 chips that were your original wager. And obviously you keep your original wager. So let's take a fictional situation and it takes things to the extreme, but suppose you're just flat betting, right? You're flat betting 10 bucks and you and the dealer do nothing but trade blackjacks. You get a blackjack and the house pays you 15 and the dealer gets a blackjack and takes your 10 that's one of the advantages of blackjack. And as that situation repeats itself over and over again, just like Groundhog Day, it, it would just be easy money for you. We'd be fine with that. Baccarat has no equivalent payout that happens randomly. All the payouts in Bach are, are you know, even bets. So you're never accidentally getting that, oh, hey, here's extra money for winning on top of the money you got for winning. And until it happens to you, trust me, that, boy, you make that four and a half unit Martingale on steroids bet that we've talked about, and then you get a blackjack, and then you get paid out 6.75 units, and that just never gets old. Never, ever gets old. Now, the other tool that blackjack gives us that Baccarat does not is what are called doubles and splits. And just to run through it, in blackjack, you can double on your first two cards. And what happens is you add a second bet equal to or less than your first bet and just always make it equal, folks. And you put that beside the, the original bet and you make a hand gesture and you're only going to get one more card no matter what. For the most part, as I said, you're allowed to double any two cards. Although there are some one and two deck games out there that they only let you double on a total of 10 or 11. Now what a double does is it allows the player to get more money in the game in situations where the player has an advantage. For instance, you're never going to see on your strategy card that if you have a 4 to 2, you should double. That's not a strong starting position to, to make this play happen. But suppose you've got a total of 10. Your first two cards are a 7 and a 3 or an 8 and a 2. And the dealer has a five, which is a pretty weak card. We know for sure the house is going to have to draw. So a couple things work in your favor here. The first is that if you get your one card and it's a nine, a ten, a jack, 
a queen, a king, or an ace, you've got a really, really strong hand. If you get a seven or an eight, you've got a good hand. So eight of the possible 13 cards that you're going to receive as your only card creates a very playable hand. Now, in addition to that, suppose you get a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, and you look at the basic strategy chart, even if you hadn't doubled, the strategy chart is going to say that you don't take another card. So you're only taking one card regardless. Might as well get some more money in the game. Might as well take advantage of that week five. The other part of this is that with a five and having to draw, there's a good possibility that the dealer's going to bust their hand and pay you regardless. Keep in mind that way back in the 60s, Mr. Thorpe did all this math for us. Well, more precisely, he wrote the code that let the computers do all this math for us. But you just look at the strategy chart, and the strategy chart tells you the hands that, that it makes sense to double. The other thing that we can do as players is called splitting. And the house allows you to create turn one hand into two hands if you start with two of the same card. Two sevens, two eights, I mean two tens, but folks never split tens. The strategy chart will tell you that. Resist the temptation. It'll get you dirty looks from the crowd and be sure you can win the fight in the parking lot. That's a joke. Don't fight people in the parking lot. Um, anyway, let's suppose that you get two eights. So you put out a bet equal to your original bet, and you make a hand gesture. You don't touch the cards ever. The dealer, when they get to you and it's time to play your hand, they will take those two cards and they will make two hands and they will place each of your bets behind the respective hands. And now you're playing just like blackjack, but you're playing the first hand, and when you finish, you're going to play the second hand. So once again, you get two eights, and you split them. And now the dealer puts a card on the first eight, and he gives you a ten. And you look at the strategy chart, if you haven't memorized it, and it tells you that a hard 18 against a dealer's five is a stand. So you move on to the second hand. Now suppose in this case, you get a two. You have a total of ten. The dealer has a five. Once again... A strategy chart tells you that the correct play is a double. Quite honestly, this is why you split the cards. I mean, you're just trying to get hands that let you have more action in the game when the house is in a weaker position relative to yours. But regardless of the card you receive, on that double, the game's going to move on, and you have your original bet, and you have two additional bets. So you have the original, the split, and the double of the split, a total of three $10 bets. And yes, if you lose all of those, you're probably going to quickly wrap up your day. It tends to, to make things go south. Not always. Sometimes, particularly at, at, at your, your one-unit bet, this is survivable. It doesn't have to wreck you. If it happened at the end of the shoe and I lost all three, I'd probably do a partial rebuy and start a new shoe and try to get back out of the problem. But the other part is that you can win three, and all of a sudden... Boom, what was a small win becomes a large win. What was a struggle and a little bit of a negative bankroll on the table in front of you becomes a positive and, and sometimes a launching pad. And if you use basic strategy, if you just do what Dr. Thorpe figured out for us to do, then you're only going to make these moves when they're in your favor. So the combination of blackjacks, doubles, and splits without a corresponding option in Baccarat creates opportunities for us to either fix problems or magnify wins. And that combination of extra tools combined with 
a lower house advantage makes blackjack my game of choice. If as of yet you've been listening and you haven't started to learn some basic strategy, learn the game a little bit in an app and practice a little bit, obviously I, I strongly encourage you to do so. Our next segment is A Moment of Casino Wisdom. to discuss casino wisdom number six if there is a problem remain calm and look for a casino solution just like the real world folks problems happen in a casino a dealer makes a mistake you make a mistake a drink gets spilled two players disagree about something there's tension between players whatever over the years I found that things are often handled with a casino resolution and that's not the way things might be handled in, in the outside world. An easy example. The dealer makes a mistake. Maybe they skip you as they're dealing out the hands to, to everybody at the table. You don't have a card. A lot of players, for whatever reason, and I get there's money involved, but they quickly get upset. They quickly get agitated. They get verbally aggressive. Hey, you missed me! There's really just no reason to do that. You're going to get better outcomes if you just remain calm, be polite, wait for the casino solution to happen, or ask for that casino solution to happen. So let's look at this skipped card. What normally happens here is once the dealer is aware of it, whether politely or in an agitated state, they're going to apologize. And then they're going to call a floor supervisor over because it's their job to work through these things. And then that floor person is going to take over, and 99% of the time, in my experience, whatever the outcome is here, it's going to be in favor of all the players at the table. It's probably going to go something like this. The floor tells the dealer to replace the missing card with the next card in the deck, and to finish giving everyone two cards. Now that everyone can see their hand, such as it is, and since the cards came out in the wrong order and there's nothing the house can do to fix that, the floor will ask each player one by one, do you want to keep playing or do you want to pull your bet back and exit the hand and play the next hand? Now obviously if you have a blackjack, you're going to stay in the hand. And if you have a 16 and the dealer has a 10 showing, you should probably pull your money back and play the next hand. But you see, that's a, ca a casino solution. It's not about being fair to all parties involved. It's just about being fair to the players, and the house suffers a little bit, and that's what happens when you're the house. You know, in a past episode, I shared a story about um, losing a seat at a blackjack table while I was doing a financial transaction. The resolution of that, as you may recall, was the house handing me $300 in cash. Now, I want you to think about that. Would you ever imagine, say, I go to the grocery store and I'm going to buy bread. And when I get there, there's no bread. And I say to an employee, hey, I need bread and you don't have any. What are the odds that that person is going to say, just a minute, let me get my manager. And the manager is going to look at you and go, I am so sorry that we are out of bread. Come with me to the cash register. Here's $300. <laughs> That's not going to happen. In the real world, they're going to at best say, I'm sorry, we don't have bread. Or they're going to say, oh, we'll check in the back. No, I'm sorry, we don't have bread. The idea is 
casino solutions and real world solutions are not always the same thing and you just need to look for that casino answer. One final example where I implemented the casino solution and, and it's a little bit fun. So we're in Las Vegas, Mrs. TRG and I, and we're playing blackjack after dinner and a show at a $15 table because that's where she wants to be. And I'm, I'm a good bit above that number with my bets. And things are going pretty well for both of us, but they're going really well for me because I'm, I'm stacking up larger amounts of chips. So at one point, I have a $100 bet out and I get a hand that basic strategy says I should split, which I do. And then I get another card that says I should split again, which I do. And then I get a card that says I should double, and I do. And as I'm doing all of this, on the opposite side of the table, past Mrs. TRG, there is a woman who is getting angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier. Now, she was mistaken. She didn't understand basic strategy properly. She was convinced that I was playing the hand incorrectly. And to make things worse, she lost her $15 bet by busting and the card she would have received if I had played things the way she thought they should be played would have given her 21. So as I'm getting paid out, she's yelling at me. She's yelling at the dealer. She's yelling at Mrs. TRG. She's very, very agitated. So I just take a green chip and I slide it over to my wife and I say, just give this to her and tell her that I'm very sorry that she lost her hand. And Mrs. TRG doesn't exactly love this idea because she knows I'm right and she doesn't like giving away money that we won in any way, shape, or form, but she, she did what I asked her to do and everything changes on a dime. Now the upset lady is screaming at the dealer and she's saying, did you see that? Did you see that? That's how class handles a situation like this. That's a classy man. She not only became an ally for the rest of the evening, she became a fiercely protective ally. As the night goes on and the clubs start to let out and people start to head out or wander back to their hotel room, you know, a young a, a group of young people would come up to the table and she'd turn on them and she'd say, do you see what this man has going on? Do you see? He doesn't need your mess in here. Find another table. Again, not something I would say to people, but I found a casino solution. I found a casino resolution. I made a gesture. I de-escalated a situation and what could have been an angry evening with angry people became a group of allies having a great time till the wee hours of the morning. Heck, by the time we got to about 3 a.m., the angry lady, now the happy ally, and Mrs. TRG had actually created their own little dance routine and if they both win a hand at the same time, we would all pause the game and they would go do their little dance routine and come back. That's a casino resolution, folks. I have others, but trust me, when things get strange or difficult, remain calm, talk to the people involved, whether they're employees or guests, and look for that casino resolution. So that's casino wisdom number six. The next segment is the travel segment, and this is the anniversary edition. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
So this was our uh, the weekend of our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, and normally and ideally we'd have been in Las Vegas. And in early June, that's what we were planning, this grand adventure where we were going to drive for three days, uh, stopping at hotel casinos where we could get comped along the way, and, and then see what Vegas looked like. But that's not really very safe right now in North America, and there's a complex set of rules about if you've been in this state then when you enter the next state then you have to quarantine for 14 days and with all that kind of shifting situations we decided that wasn't going to work and we would have substituted Atlantic City and we hope to but they're all still closed so good old casino number one comes off the bench and fills in as our anniversary destination so early in the week I, I send a text over to Bubba and I say um you have any rooms available for Saturday and is the steakhouse still open and if they are can I can I get a reservation and I've told you if you don't ask you don't get and I didn't ask for comps here and I believe that you should ask for things like that but I also felt like Bubba had been pretty generous over the past few months and the only favor I really needed was just reservations and, and I'd have been more than happy to pay full rate and, and pay for dinner. Really not a big deal if you're celebrating your anniversary. But Bubba being Bubba, I quickly get a reply that my reservation's all set for the hotel. And of course, it's all comped. And the steakhouse is open. And he'll be happy to make a reservation what time. So I tell him. And just a little bit later, he tells me that the reservation's all set and I should stop at VIP services before dinner and he will have my dinner comp waiting there for me. I, I didn't even tell him it was our anniversary, folks. So, Bubba, I know I thanked you before, but thank you again. We really appreciated it. If you've been listening, you know July was a bit of a slog. <clears throat> but sometimes things just drop your way and everything is easy. We played a few hours when we got there before dinner and both of us had very nice wins. And then dinner was great by any standard and certainly amazing by pandemic standards. And we played several more hours after dinner, winning all the way. And we finished with a profit after expenses of more than two, day, two weeks pay. I don't think either of us was ever negative after the first hand. And so on Sunday, we, you know, we did some stuff around the house, and Monday I go to work, and as I'm wrapping up work stuff with clients early afternoon, I'm kind of going through some things in some apps and some websites, and I figure I'll talk to Mrs. TRG and then just keep living that casino lifestyle. So I head off to Casino 2 solo, and I did that because I had a ridiculous amount of free slot play for some reason, uh, maybe because of all the gifts they didn't give me, I don't know. Um, and I had a decent table match play, and they were comping the room. So TRG slot strategy number one kicked out a, a really good profit, equal to almost a day's pay. And after expenses, I was pretty much even at the blackjack tables for the time. And again, I continued to advance in their reward system and build the relationship, and dealers and pit supervisors are starting to recognize me. And it ended up being a nice, easy, extended weekend with a little work stuck in there on Monday. So as always, our final segment is a trip to the VIP lounge. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Come on in. I hope you know your way around, but if you don't, 
make yourself at home. If you want to skip the adult beverages, try the local craft sodas or the artisanal pop. And today I want to tell you about a lady I met in Atlantic City. She had mastered the, the idea of winning the month in a really neat and fun and I thought unique way. So we meet her in a VIP lounge, you know, as we often do. Um, and we ended up in kind of a, a, a longer conversation. And as we're comparing notes, she shares that she lives about 45 minutes south of Atlantic City. And she comes to Atlantic City nearly every weekend for two nights, Friday, Saturday. Sometimes for a night in the middle of the week, she spends all her summer holidays there. And she says she lo usually loses between four and $600 a month. And she treats it like her country club. Atlantic City and the properties in this particular reward system are just her playground every weekend. She has three hotels that she can stay at for free anytime she wants, usually in a suite. Nearly all her meals are comped. All her drinks are comped. She has beautiful VIP lounges to sit in and look out at the ocean. She has access to a private section of the beach with chairs and umbrellas provided at all times. So that's what she does in the summer when she brings her grandkids. And when she brings her sisters in the winter, they have multiple indoor pools and free spa visits and free spa treatments. And she receives bottles of wine and gift cards and free play and invitations to private parties and show tickets and etc. 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 Atlantic City was truly her country club. And in her mind, her, in air quotes, membership fee of four to six hundred dollars a month is less than she would pay for the country club where she lives and she gets so much more value out of the casino lifestyle that she lives. I just thought it was brilliant. I mean, it's not exactly the way I do things, but it's a great example of winning the month and living a casino lifestyle. And as I inch closer to retirement and look out in the future several, several, several years, I think about finding something an hour south of Atlantic City and starting my own country club membership. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell casino combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it doesn't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.